Midsummer whatever. Murder It wouldn't have been fun. Hey, maniac! Long time no here. We're back. <laughs> we took a week off. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody was so cool about it. Everybody was super cool. But you know, like... <laughs> I tell you, if we had recorded one, it would not have been good. One of the things I want to work on this year is uh, working on burnout. And I burned out like two weeks into the year. <laughs> <laughs> You're off to a good start. You got it out of the way. I was like... It was, uh, it, oh man. It like was, we recorded almost 10 episodes in October, November, and December. Like we almost, no, there was almost 12 or 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. Plus we did two live episodes. In and the, the song. And the song. Like, <laughs> and that's just one of the things that I do. I ran a Kickstarter in the middle of it too. That had, I mean, I don't know about you, but that had nothing to do with why I needed a week off. <laughs> It was, I don't know if you guys remember, we both work in academia and so we live on the university schedule and so the semester started and everything was insane and then I wasn't super healthy. I'm, did, I did not have the vid. I nope. Didn't, I didn't catch that. No vids. No, but um, I'm much better now thanks you to modern medicine. I'm all better. feel much better. Yep. Man, I tell you, I give you all advice. Check your blood pressure. And it hit us both in the same week. That but, was the thing. It really, yeah. And we were getting up at five in the morning. <laughs> we're still getting up at five in the morning, but we were doing it after having a month off work and not getting up at five in the morning. <laughs> like zombies. It's almost if you could write a recipe for a week of burnout, we successfully did it mm -hmm. and didn't prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my blood pressure jumped by like, 20 points top and bottom overnight and made me feel like absolute crap getting up at 5:15 and then the semester starting and just and literally I was walking around like a zombie I was exhausted. Okay. You forget to mention grumpy zombie. I was a grumpy zombie. Because when you're tired, you're grumpy. <laughs> if we had recorded last week, it would have been like midsummer, <laughs> whatever, murder, blah, 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 blah. It wouldn't have been fun. So thanks for understanding. Yep. We appreciate it. It's really important to us that we release on a regular schedule. We never want to be one of those podcasts who just disappear for a while and then come back. Oh my God, I hate those. I listen to so many podcasts and I appreciate the ones that are either released on a regular basis or when they're going to take a couple weeks off, they tell you. It's and so the, we don't like to do that. It is the number two thing I tell people about podcasting because people come Be and talk to me. Yep. Number one is finish it. Yep. It doesn't matter how it sounds. Finish it, get it out, get it out, get it out. You'll get better. Yep. No one's listening to your first 10 episodes anyway. Right. Until they like you and then they forgive you anyway. Yep. And then the second thing is set a schedule and be on it. Like for us, we started on a schedule where we were two weeks ahead. <laughs> that was when, funny, wasn't remember it? Remember when we were two weeks ahead? Now we're two days. Uh, two weeks ahead was was great because it took all the pressure off. But do you remember, we would get the episodes confused all the time. Oh, what episode are we on? What episode are we editing? What episode are we talking about next? What are we what? Oh, we got... Speaking of which, 
This is Midsummer Maniacs, a comedy recap podcast of the ITV show Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into the episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, and the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Sarah Smith Robbins. And I'm Mark Bell. And we're so glad to have you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, and hey, speaking, uh, if you like us, there's another way that you can show it. Spotify now allows you to put ratings on podcasts. So if you listen on Spod, um, Spotify, I said Spodcast. Spodcast. If you listen on Spodcast. Uh, I am Spodcast. <laughs> if you listen on Spotify, uh, you can give us a little rating. You don't have to write a review or anything. You just go to nope. the, the page um, for the, the podcast yep. and write below the description of the podcast. It says rate and you just press five stars yeah of course absolutely why would you choose anything less if you're on the mobile you click the little three dots yep yep Yep. absolutely and that would be fantastic the if you know anything about podcasting apple was king for so many years Mm -hmm. and now spotify has toppled apple we get as many spotify listens as apple listens which is like when we started, Spotify was like, oh, we, we occasionally do podcasts yeah. also, but now they are a podcast force. I only listen to two podcasts on Apple and I listen to them there because I'm a Patreon member for those two podcasts and they release bonus episodes and that's the only place I can get them. Otherwise, I would never touch it. I just don't like it. And now they've got that subscription pay thing you can do on there accidentally. I just don't have any interest. Anyway. Yeah, and- you can, leave Again, a, you can leave a rating on Spotify now. We're not doing any of that. We have no interest in that. No, no. <laughs> the only reason we want the ratings is because it makes it easier to find us. And we hope more, more people who will like the podcast will find it. I wanna, that's it. I almost also want to compile the... Because we're getting attention now. I'll, I want to compile the weird sponsorship requests that we've had that have nothing to do with the show. Shaving men's privates has nothing to do with yeah, Midsummer. And we have no interest in advertising <laughs> for shaving men's privates. And, and when we get better help offers, I just think they're trying to say something about our mental health. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? Hmm? Huh? huh? You think we need help? Huh? We need therapy? Is that it? Yeah. Because <laughs> we talk about murder every week? Huh? It's not real murder. No. <laughs> Please. They're so funny. And... They obviously don't listen to our show. No. Like, we have accepted one sponsorship, and it was for Acorn, and it, we had to post on Instagram and Twitter. And it gave people a discount. It gave people a discount. So, and we, 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 we made 100 bucks each time. Yeah. Like, it Which wasn't we like we were... poured into new headphones, so... It driving wasn't. down the road in Rolls-Royce money. <laughs> no, we pay for those with other things, Like right? the Larkins and their Rolls-Royce. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that show. All right, so this week we are talking about season 19, episode two, Crime and Punishment. So this is the Dostoevsky Crime and Punishment. And- it's exactly like Dostoevsky. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, they, they even go to Russia oh, for cool. it. Yeah, cool. it's awesome. That, Not no, at all. No, no. But it does have crime and punishment. Though if you do get it through the beginning, especially of Crime and Punishment, which is a hard book to read, it is a murder mystery. Yeah, there's one in there. <laughs> with, with hundreds of pages of weird philosophy. Other stuff. But like, you know, last episode we did was the village that rose from the dead. And there were no zombies in that. At no. least this time we do get crimes and punishment. Yes. So broadcast on the 4th of January, 2017, May, June, 2016 is when it was filmed. Uh, 6.25 million vi- uh, views. Directed by Rennie Rye and written by Paul Logue. This is 
meat and potatoes midsummer. Yes. Right? There's no, I wonder if there are aliens. There's no, I wonder if there's a ghost involved. There's no, <laughs> hey, how did she get killed by a cheese? This is You're dead. You're dead. A confined set of suspects. We're in Bleak Ridge, which is a village we've never been in before because it's on the frontier of Midsummer. How far away is it from Costin? Wouldn't that just put it closer to somewhere else? I would think. It takes us hours to get here. It takes forever. It's so far out that it's like the Wild West. Yes. But Adrian is there with his speed gun. It it used to be a place that uh, it was just lawless. Until two years ago, when the Bleak Ridge Watch was founded. So this... If I could whistle, I would do that good, the bad, the ugly whistle. Okay. <laughs> a Clint Eastwood thing. And and this, is, this cannot be a mistake, because this <laughs> is the story they parody in Hot Fuzz. Absolutely. But then Hot Fuzz is released in 2007. So seven years later, they made the episode that... Hot Fuzz parodies. Well, Hot Fuzz parodies all of these. Yes. And then it gets released, and now Midsummer's going, oh, yeah? Oh, Oh, we can do that. We're doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And I bring up Hot Fuzz because the hound is in Hot Fuzz, right? From Game of Thrones. I forget his name. He's a giant dude. Yes. He's the guy who goes yarp. Rory McCann is his name, right? Adrian is low-rent Rory McCann. (laughs) Joe Sims plays Adrian and I think he's a better actor than that he was in a Father Brown I think he's he's done better now do you remember the Father Brown where he was the butcher oh yeah he does a really good job in that he's scary by the way there's new Father Browns that are good oh yeah they're really good we we enjoyed the first last couple of seasons kind of waned a little bit a little bit it's back like it went down to 4.5 out of 5 yeah but now it's back up to 5 yeah so we're in Bleak Ridge and we've got this watch and there's a code red yes a code red because a door has been unlocked in the butcher shop. Boy, they have nice coats. They have their little vests on. Yes. They have reflective. They've got a little logo. Do you like that their logo is Ingrid's house? Yeah. <laughs> Ingrid Ingrid was like sitting around one day and she goes, how can I deal with the death of my brother? Mm, perhaps by creating a watch that's based around me. Yeah. Ingrid Loxton, who's played by Francis Barber, who was also in the 2010 episode of Midsummer Masterclass. So she plays one of the weird sisters in Masterclass. Yes. I love her. She's fantastic. And I always wanted, I always kept trying to remember where I had seen her before. Mm-hmm. And I'd see, she's done tons. She's been on all kinds of stuff, yeah. But I remember the first time I saw her now, which would have been in the late 80s in a Peter Greenway movie oh. called Zed and Two Knots. All you need to know is it's Peter Greenway. So this movie is bonkers. Not funny bonkers. It is a, it is a sad, upsetting movie. She so plays of course a, you watched she, it. She, she plays a prostitute. Surprise and all. But this, I had forgotten that she was in this. So Zed and Two Knots, I'll read you the description on IMDb because this is not what this movie is about in reality, but but it is. The description on IMDb is twin zoologists, 
there's lots of twins in this movie. Mm -hmm. Twin zoologists lose their wives, who are twins, mm -hmm. in car in a car accident and become obsessed with decomposing animals. Ew. I don't like anything about that. That doesn't even touch on the strangeness of this movie. I don't want to know what else is there and yeah. it doesn't get included in that description. It, is, it is absolutely a an essay, an, an exploration of grief, of grief with no cause, right? Because the women die in a car accident that's caused by a swan. Mm. And so there's... Like it was just an accident, and they they can't come to terms with it, hmm. and they're well. Oof, it's crazy, fun, and weird. And I'm glad we're not on a podcast where we have to talk about that movie. Angus is dead in his own freezer. He's the butcher. Yeah, they they totally walk all over this scene. Oh yeah, I was like, okay, the doors open, touch everything, don't wear gloves. Yep. Everybody walks in there, <laughs> and then they walk in the blood puddle. Yes. I, it, you know, I realize that neighborhood watch groups are not trained in crime scene preservation, but if they've seen any b other British shows, <laughs> yes. they should know better. Now, I have a question for you. Mm. And this is a question I have throughout this episode. Okay. Less so with the next murder, but certainly with this murder. Mm -hmm. Do you think she could actually do it? Oh. So Barbara Walton, who runs the cafe, is the killer. And she has basically put a giant dent in Angus's head using a meat tenderizer. The wiki says this, because the wiki has great death descriptions, mm -hmm. remember. Killed by a blow to the back of the head with a meat tenderizer and then dragged and locked in the walk-in meat freezer. Yeah. I don't know if she could drag him. Oh, I think she could. It's a tile floor. It's, it's not got a lot of resistance. She could drag him. Could she brain him with a meat tenderizer enough to knock him out? Well, to kill him. Yeah. I mean, it's a heavy one. So the I meat guess. tenderizer we have has a handle that's about six inches long. It's about yeah. as big as your hand is wide to hold it, right? Yeah. But the one that a butcher would use has like a 12-inch handle. It's more like a hammer. Okay. So you get a whole lot more leverage and weight in your swing. When I when you said, could she do it? I thought you meant like, is she the kind of person who could actually bash in somebody's head? Oh, she's Looney McToonie. And yes, I think she is. I think she's Looney. Okay. She runs the, the community cafe and she's Looney. That's the cold opening. And then we get two firsts in Midsummer. Mm-hmm. What do you know what these two firsts are? Well, the Coolio reference has to be a first. It is a first Coolio reference. The gangster's paradise. <laughs> yep. And it's the first drone shot. Oh. You get a drone shot there. Nice. That, that we've never seen before. That's very cool. I I wish they had a drone when they did the painting shot. Remember the painting shot? Because they that would have been amazing. I think it was more impressive that they didn't have a drone. Yeah, that's still that the best shot. They did it with a shot. crane, and it was incredible. That's still the best shot. If you guys remember, it like sweeps down over a tree and past a crowd, and like right up to the police tape where Joyce and Tom are standing. Yeah, it's, because she's found a body. It's a total Spielberg wonder. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's really good. Yep. My favorite thing about the beginning of this episode is that Ingrid lives in a castle. It's actually a. Um, a gatehouse for a large manor that has since been torn down. Um, it's called Borstal Tower. My immediate thought was, with the amount of people who ring our doorbell, it would be so bloody annoying to have to open up that big door every single time. Well, that's what I love about it, is it's a giant building with a tiny door. 
Tiny, tiny. Like yeah. Ingrid even has to kneel down to get through the door. Yes. <laughs> Never mind Adrian. He's like doubled over, touching his toes to get through Well, it. you don't really want to put the big door at the gate. It's a little door set in a big door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the who goes there door. Yes. You know? But it's just, it, it was funny. So, so Bleak Ridge has been lawless until two years ago when this group was founded. And they, they overstep a little bit. Yeah. At one point, Ingrid says something about somebody being out at 1 a.m. Like, that's none of your business. Yeah, well. If they're not a criminal, that's none of your business. Them, you shouldn't be tracking where people are and when. I'm they, sorry. They missed a joke opportunity because when Winter is talking to Gork about write, about stuff and he's writing tickets, like, Winter should be like, you know you can't write those, right? Mm. <laughs> I tried to find out how much power a, a village neighborhood watch could have. I didn't, I just couldn't find much because they're supposed to work in coordination with like a community support officer. Um, but I, I just couldn't find much, but I do have quite a bit of, about a few that we'll talk about it. And they mentioned that, now, but, but they never talked about the community officer, mm-hmm. the CPSO. Yeah. Yeah. So in the butcher shop, there's this awesome chalkboard of accompaniment. Yes. Things you can get in addition to meat. Yes. Like butter, cream, cookies, tea, yep. coffee. I jotted down a couple of them that I thought looked interesting. Okay. So there was this Clipper coffee. Okay. Which Clipper coffee is big in, in the United States. There's a company called Clipper Coffee here. Yeah. But in England, it's this company that basically makes tea and kind of makes coffee on the side. I don't know. And there was some breadsticks. But the thing that really got my attention was the salty dog crisps. Oh, salty dog crisps? I find crisps hard to say without sounding stupid. So they're chips. They're chips. Okay. They are potato chips. Well, the company in, that makes them in the makes, parlance. makes lots of things. Yes. Um, yeah, they do make chips, but they also make nuts and they make um, these uh, corn things that are kind of like corn nuts, okay. which I really like. But my favorite thing they make, which I must get my hands on, is they have this line called Gruntled. Gruntled? Which are pork scratchings. Oh, if you if you live in England and can get us some of that gruntled, let us know. They have a kit. Oh, they do. Called the Retox Kit. Okay. Not Detox, Retox. It's Retox. It's their hard cider okay. and pork scratchings. Okay, they can't send us the hard <laughs> cider, but they can send us the pork scratchings. That just sounds good. Yeah, I, I know. That's, I could sit and drink hard cider and eat pork scratchings that's an all day. evening in front of the fire, man. <laughs> I just love that it's the retox kit. Yep. <laughs> so they find uh, Angus. His head's beaten in, and they go see his. They go see his ex-wife. No, his sister. No, oh, Maxine yes. is his sister. Yes. And her daughter Tara, who's just a walking tantrum. Yeah, she's annoying. Why is Tara's in the episode and then she's not? Like they're like, oh, like the writer got halfway through the episode and went, oh, she's annoying. I'm her, not going to write her anymore. Her whole purpose is to say Ingrid's not as bad as you think she is. Okay, yes, she is. Oh, Ingrid's bonkers. <laughs> And your dad was an asshole. Yeah. I'm sorry. I understand it's hard to come to terms with children, especially children who are teenagers, to understand that their parents are fallible. Mm. It's it's a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. But she has a lot of trouble and then disappears. Well, and, and Ingrid is fantastic. Yes. Right? Tweet on top, purple on bottom. Yes. All the time. Yes. Always. She is fantastic. Purple velvet pants. She is, she is, 
contrary to the rest of the episode, she is the closest thing to a dominatrix in the episode. <laughs> You're basing that on her eyebrows. Not, <laughs> not the ginger dominatrix that we see later. Ah, oh, she's brave for wearing that outfit. Oh, that I final am, outfit. The, the, the women in this episode are the best part of the episode. So Ingrid's brother and Maxine's husband was killed two years ago in a hit and run, yeah. Frank. And in his honor, because they never caught who killed him, they founded the watch and it, it now is the local Stasi. Then they go to his house, right? They go to Angus's house mm -hmm. and his study is quite the place. Yeah. He was doing some investigating. It's got about these burglaries, yarn and maps and everything. Well, Ingrid asked him to look into it, yep. so of course he's taking it very seriously. He's taking it very seriously, and then Barnaby leaves the house and he says, "I want everything in that study logged for the record." Which I think he's directly talking to us, <laughs> to you, <laughs> to you. <laughs> and did you? Uh, there wasn't much interesting in there, but it did, like there, there there wasn't a lot of details that I could pull out of it, but that weren't like what I would expect, mm -hmm. but they went Nazi Bobo. Yeah. Maps, 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 you know, newspapers and strings, strings and, and, tacks and, and tacks and highlighters and post-its and everything else. It's as bad as me trying to find out about that strange donkey dorky. <laughs> <laughs> you spent too much time looking into that and found nothing. Yeah, everybody on Instagram liked the the uh, meme that I posted about <laughs> the Dunky Dobbers. I always want to call them Dobby Dunkers. I'm a little afraid that I know more about the Dunky Dobbers than anyone else in the world right now. <laughs> That's not an accomplishment, honey. Don't I want brag about that. Everything in that study logged for the record, Mark. <laughs> Mark. Then we go to the pub. It's called the Gallows. Yes. I I don't know why. I nobody mentions that there was like a hanging tree in the green or nope. anything like that. I have a question here. Mm. Have we seen a pub that has been successful in this show? Yeah. We've been in pubs that we're not talking about how they're struggling. I don't know when because it's certainly a trope right now. I don't know how you run a pub that has a menu with two people where one of them isn't really there. One person cannot run a bar and a kitchen. The and <laughs> No wonder they're struggling. I, I often wonder if they open up the door into the kitchen and the guy from Pie in the Sky is in there cooking 16 <laughs> things all at once. No, it used to be Adrian back there. Yarp, you know, like, I'll cook. At least the guy in Pie in the Sky has employees. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't try to do it all by himself. No. There's a reference if you haven't watched that show. Jeez. Jot it down. Yeah. Pie in the Sky. And then there's the, the community cafe. Are you cafe. sure he was murdered? No, it was a terrible accident. He got a spontaneous hole in his head that's shaped like a meat mallet. It's amazing. The community cafe seems to be like a nonprofit, I guess. Yes. Everybody's volunteering. Yeah, it seems to be for like everybody seems to love it. Mm hmm. And it seems to be a real community thing. Yeah. While the pub is full of people who are not for the community. Right. But Barbara runs it for the community. Okay. Yeah. And her husband, Duncan, seems to be there all the time, but he's a doctor. So he's a doctor. Why is he in the cafe? And he seems to be working there all the time. I, I can only think that somebody in... Because he used to work in London. Mm -hmm. He said he was in London with his brother working. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they found out that he liked Ginger 
dominatrixes. And, <laughs> and they ran him out. They ran him out of town. But he's probably the only doctor in the village. So when you're Why sick, you have to go to the, the cafe. Doctor, then? I don't know. He's played by Philip Bard, who was yeah. also in Hidden Depths. Yes. And he's one of those men who has a really unfortunate hairline. Oh, it does. It's like, just be bald or don't. But that that mode track down the middle of your head is like the worst. I have every sympathy for men who are in that stage of baldness. Yeah. <laughs> so when we've got Angus... By the on, way, Maxine has awesome hair that she does not let fly. No, she keeps it strapped down that, all the time. That hair would be like... She'd have an awesome fro. She, she'd have an awesome fro, but her worry lines keep it down. Mm-hmm. And her anger and her crap boyfriend and his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Henry and Jesper. Oh. Jensen, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm gonna go on a rant about Jensen. When when we get there. Yep. Angus on the slab has scars on his wrists and ankles. Yes. Methinks Lena is getting a bit carried away. If you're doing scarification, you're really into this, man. If you're restraining so somebody so much, so tightly with your furry handcuffs that it's leaving scars. And like... How are you hiding that anyway? In that scene when they go in, yeah, like how does he hide that from his wife? Like I get a scratch on my leg and I'm like, I don't know where I got that. And we're, I would, we wonder for a week. I would notice... If you had welts on your wrists and ankles. <laughs> well, never mind the fact that his ass is like a cherry rose. <laughs> I just, I, you know, maybe she's good at her job. I don't know. I, I love that Lena has a mobile salon. Those don't exist here. Now, there might be um, hairdressers. She has a mobile salon slash BDSM yeah. hut. There might be um, hairdressers here that go to like nursing homes and stuff and, you know, yeah, do like, a lot of people's hair. There's a hair. woman who does pedicures for my mom that comes to the home that she's in. Yeah. And, and that's nice. There. Yeah. But, uh, and, and maybe they will come to a hotel for a, a wedding or something like that. I don't know. But I've not seen very many. And I was like, hey, a mobile salon, that's kind of cool. The thing I hate most about getting my hair done is going and sitting in the beauty salon for like half a day. If they I would just come here and do it. I don't know how hair. women deal with it. We, like, if a man goes to a barbershop. During the pandemic, for, we just don't. Yeah. If a man goes to the barbershop for more than 15 minutes, he's like, uh, I'll come back later. I got places to be. Yep. So Angus borrowed Mir's camera. So Mir runs the hardware store, yes. which, by the way, is the best hardware store ever. It's it, one of those little ones that has everything. Yes, everything. I love those. I do, too. I can smell it. Yep. I can smell it without even being there. I know what that place is like. And he's got curly whirlies in there. Well, of course he has candy bars. Yep. That's where hardware stores make all their money yes. is their triple-priced candy bars. Yes. That's what our hardware store does. Yes, they do. <laughs> they charge like... 275 for a three musketeers yep have i bought one? Oh yeah <laughs> of course i have <laughs> so let's talk about the marsh brothers okay henry and jensen okay the local criminal brothers well first of all they went to jail for stealing red herrings henry did armed armed robbery i think it is why are they even here and jensen is such a whiny little brat yes my brother's gonna go wait man you're an adult yeah. Get your own criminal empire. Grow up. I don't know if you know about getting a real job. They don't pay as much as your armed robbery does. You'll have to acclimate to that. Like, what? Okay, that's why everyone is not criminals. It's mm-hmm. because jobs pay regularly. Yeah. <laughs> now, the guy who plays Henry, Sam Trotton, he was in Alien vs. Predator. 
Yes. He's been in a lot of things. Yes, he, he was in Alien versus Predator, the first one, the good one. Uh, good being a <laughs> subjective term. But the guy who plays Jensen, James Atherton, not in a lot of stuff. Well, TV stuff. He's been in yeah. some TV stuff. But I have to say, kudos to the casting person here because they look related. They look related? Yeah. But Jensen is so annoying. Every time he's on, st- on screen, I'm like, on stage. you're an adult. Start adulting. <laughs> And then he totally blackmails his brother. Yeah. What did you think about Flood in the Pub? So there are two possible culprits wandering around town, mm-hmm. right? The killer mm-hmm. and the burglar. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to expect, suspect that either the killer or the burglar. <laughs> is that how you have to say it? Yes. Is, is also the waterer. The flutter. The flutter. Yeah. First of all, it would take forever to get that water to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Second of all, if I come downstairs and I hear water running, I'm going to run to the water running Mm -hmm. instead of going, what is that sound? Is it my wife's secret BDSM empire? (laughs) No, it's water. (laughs) Then... They stand there and have... That would be completely different mysterious sounds. Like her pink case is over in the corner and it's just buzzing and vibrating. (laughs) Then they have a discussion in that room while the, the drain is still stopped up. I'm like... Unclog the drain. That's the first thing well, you do. That's evidence. So they're gonna oh. they're gonna collect it carefully. And I've worked in a kitchen. I've worked in. I've been to kitchen bars. Mm-hmm. Bars in kitchens. Mm. Those things can take two feet of water and be dry the next like two oh, hours later. They're made to be hosed down. They're made to be hosed down. Like at the end of the day, that's part yep. of the cleaning process, right? Is to hose down the floor. Plus, like. Like the fridge is airtight. Mm-hmm. The all the other food is up off the floor. No, he, because he keeps Mitch keeps his lettuce in a box on the floor. Yeah, the health and, <laughs> health and safety is gonna have a problem with that. Like we were at the grocery store, we weren't allowed to keep the lettuce on the floor. Yeah, but you know when my pub gets flooded. And I need to clean it up with a mop. I always wear my leather skirt and four inch heels. <laughs> and he doesn't know Lena is a dominatrix. <laughs> She's sadistic to herself. <laughs> She's mopping a floor wearing four inch heels and a leather skirt. And what is he doing when she's mopping the floor? Having a tantrum. He's complaining. He's, I would be like, get that out of here, dude. Or at a, least help me. He's having a sad for me party. Yes. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, they're having a watch meeting. And my favorite person shows up. My favorite person in the episode. Because, you know, Ingrid's house is basically watch central. So I don't know that anything else happens in her house other than watch business. So Ingrid has Adrian, who mm-hmm. she kind of boy toys a little bit. Until she slaps him. And <laughs> he thinks he's in there. Yeah. He's like, I'm special. He's not I'm in second there. in command. He 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 is not getting any Adrian booty. He at least thinks he's in the inner circle. He, you know? No. And he's not. He's not. Okay. She slaps him. Like so, wow. So there's there those two. And then there's Felix and Sicily, the hopes, who showed up from an episode of Are You Being Served or some 80s sitcom. <laughs> 
and showed up and just read their lines. Well, let's talk about the hopes because so they're uh, an elderly couple, right? Cecily is played by Marty Crookshank, who was the first victim in Orcus Fatalis. Yeah, she's the first. And Felix is Clive Swift, who, <sighs> if you don't know him from Keeping Up Appearances, where have yeah. you been? Yeah. But he was also in Hitchcock's movie Frenzy. Yeah, I know he was in Frenzy. He's been in a ton of stuff. This was his last acting credit. If if you haven't seen Frenzy, which is about, it's a Hitchcock movie about a murderer and a cop that's falsely accused mm-hmm. of the murder and stuff like that. It's really good, but it's a Midsummer to be part. It's 1972. Yeah, it, it, yeah, everybody who's in it goes on to be in Midsummer later. So, okay. So we got Adrian, we've got uh, Ingrid, we've got Cecily. And Felix. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the watch, right? That's oh no. Oh wait, because the watch is like twenty people. Who else is in the watch? So at the end of the table. Oh, my my three mystery watchers. Okay, so there, Sarah's Sarah's taken. A, a, I got a shot of him. A shot of all the mystery extra watchers. I call. Oh, we forgot Amir. Amir's in the watch until Amir. Yeah, until he gets killed. Yeah, I call them Baldy, confused girl. And my favorite, Weirdy Beardy. Baldy is a, a black man. Yeah. He's bald. Middle-aged, bald guy. Yeah. And remember, this is, and I hate to bring this up again, but this is the, we have to put some people of color. We've got diversity some, going on. Yes. Yes. We have to do that. The, the, their diversity goes all the way to this girl at the end of the table who just looks confused all the time. She may be just stupid girl. <laughs> I gave her the credit and said she was confused. Instead of final girl, she's stupid girl. <laughs> but then there's Weirdy Beardy. Hats but, off to you, Weirdy Beardy. But you are this, awesome in this episode. And this is not old Weirdy Beardy. Oh, no. This is hipster Weirdy He's Beardy. middle-aged. Uh, un, no, I don't know if he's hipstery. He's not that clean cut. No. He, he's he's got, wild man a little he, bit. He, he's a little uh, Grizzly Adams. But I'm telling you, once you see him, you got to watch the episode looking for him. Yeah. Because he's burning scenery in the background yep. all the time. He is. <laughs> He's absolutely. I couldn't find his name anywhere. I looked at. I watched the credits again. I looked at the IMDb. I I mean, everywhere I could find those unnamed characters. I looked for him. I couldn't find him. Weirdy Beardy, if you are out there, let us know. Contact us. We want to talk to you. If for nothing else, to say, good job, man. Yeah, did a good job. Her Ingrid's kitchen bothers me a lot. Oh, there are problems with Ingrid's kitchen. Now, it is a 13th century keep converted into a house. I'll give you that. She has a giant kitchen, which has very little counter space. And most of it is taken up with a giant lantern. With a candle in it? It's like a big tall candle. You can't. It's not like you can pick it up and carry it around. No, she has a beautiful sink. Yes. Deep well sinks. With bra- it's a farm farm sink with brass taps. It's, it's and gorgeous. And she has all these brass copper, pots. Copper. Copper pots. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful hob. It's a beautiful kitchen with that gigantic dusty lantern on it. I don't understand that crate no. and barrel lantern. It's Adrian size. And the two... <laughs> he can pick it up and carry the, it around. The two geese in the window are kind of fun too. So then Mir gets killed in the hardware store. Yes. Right? His head gets bashed in with a hammer. One of the dangers of owning and running a hardware store. You're surrounded by murder weapons all the time. Okay. I asked if she could do the first one. Mm. Could she do the second one and get away with it? Because oh yeah, he's supposedly just looking at these pictures. Yeah. And she sees the pictures he's looking at. And she's just like, oh, 
how are you doing? Whammo! No, I, I think she already knows that he's seen the pictures. Okay. This is not when she discovers that he's seen it. Okay. She, because she picks the hammer up from inside the store and then goes out to the office building behind it. Yeah. To whack him. That's a weird space there. Mm, I don't know. It's just an outbuilding where yeah. he has his office. It's okay. And his treasure room, his secret treasure room. Where he keeps all of his stolen booty that has no value whatsoever. Did you see how many VCRs were in there? (laughs) A lot of VCRs. Those have no value whatsoever. And I have to say, for a man with the Purian interests he has, Mm. he takes boring pictures. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Really boring pictures. A barn. Look, it's a barn. Okay, I've lived on a farm. You tend to check the buildings more than once a year. And you would certainly notice if there was a car in the building for years. But you've never lived on a farm that has existed for a thousand years and has barns that you don't even look at. If if it wasn't (laughs) so close to the road. That nobody noticed it was on fire. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There was that too. You think... People would have noticed the car right after they put out the fire. I did. But I, remember, we're in Bleak Ridge. We're in the middle of nowhere. I did a little bit of research into numbering telegraph poles. That's they, an electric pole, by they the way. Say it's te- not, it's they not. say telegraph because they reuse the poles in mm-hmm. England. While in America, they just put new poles down. Yeah. There, there was no, like, there's no guy who has a website about telegraph pole numbering or anything. I was kind of disappointed in England. Of course you looked into that. Yeah. You would. I would. Did you see the two old dudes being forcefully escorted away from the hardware store? So... When they find the body of the second victim, the cops show up mm. and two old guys are... They tape up, they, they put a cord and tape out in front. Yep. And they're like, holding back the, the public, you know, <laughs> the Bleak Ridge public. They're ruffians, you know. This is a gangster's paradise. <laughs> Those two are the gangsters, I think. Some unnamed police officer forcefully removes them from the crime scene. Yeah, there are a lot of unknown police officers. As they clutch onto each other. I don't know why they're holding each other so tight. Mir also has restraint marks on him where Lena was too heavy handed. Which, like, Amir is a single man with a business. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. I just think that maybe he would take some pictures of those things. I think you could... Find a dominatrix who doesn't leave scars. (laughs) But I'm glad that Lena takes the time to go to the hotel in advance and decorate the room with pink fuzzy stuff. Did you notice that? (sighs) Okay. We've made fun of it. But I don't want to say I've known dominatrixes, but she's not the best dominatrix. She works in Bleak Ridge. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of competition. (laughs) I mean, we're lucky that it's not Cecily Hope who does it. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I mean, really, it should be Ingrid. You're absolutely right. But it would be a little bit too obvious if it was Ingrid. Yes. Poor Lena. She's just doing whatever she can. Lena is... She's genuinely a good person trying to do what she can. And she's trying to do everything she can for her man to make him happy. When he's just, I can't keep a pub going. Like, she is not doing... Okay. 
Let's be honest. That is not a job that you do unless you receive some pleasure from it. I No, I think you could do it if you had to. You wouldn't be good at it. You okay. could do it out of necessity. But she obviously is doing it to get money for the pub. Absolutely. That never makes any money. She doesn't want to be doing it. She'd rather be working in the pub and doing hair. Because clearly people in England don't drink ever. It's a small village and the watch makes everybody miserable. They probably come in and, watch and count how many drinks you have. I guess so. I don't know, Dave. Do you really need another one? Like, step off, watch. Can we talk about the watch now? Can I tell you what I learned about watches? Yes. So I went looking because I wanted to know about the rules about the neighborhood watch associations in the UK. I had no interest in looking at them in the US because, frankly, it's just too sad. Yes. Because there's way too many you stepped over the line scenarios in the US with neighborhood watches. It's not fun to look. Yeah, it's not fun. But in the UK, there's actually a nationwide like organization of village watches that sends out education and they do training and they distribute things like defibrillators to smaller villages and make sure there are people who are trained to use them. When and, people buy caring, intelligent individuals, mm -hmm. they are useful to community placing. Yes. Yes. Because they're mostly proactive, preventative, right? They're just out so they, they help old people understand how scams work yep. to prevent that kind of stuff. They check on your, like if a house has a bunch of mail, they check on it yeah, and stuff like that. Exactly. All good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So then I went looking for some examples. Okay. And first I found Old. It's a village called Old. Oh. That has a village watch. So it's the Old Village Watch. Everything is the Old something. Yeah. Which was funny. Yes. But not as funny as Bunny. Okay. There's a village called Bunny. And it has the Bunny Watch. The Bunny. And they're not even funny about it. How could you not be They fun? have Bunny Hall. That's the village hall. It's called Bunny. Everything is Bunny. Which was a mind of giggles for me. Yeah. But they're completely serious about it. They have a website? Oh, yes. Oh, we'll put that in the show notes. But my favorite... My absolute favorite is Pollington. Okay. Okay. Where they publish the minutes of their neighborhood village watch group. Oh. And did I fall down a hole <laughs> of reading the minutes of their meetings? Wow. There's got to be some good stuff there. <laughs> well, in 2020, they were about to be closed down because, well, first they, they were made aware they were about to be closed down because the bank tried to close their account because there had been so little activity in their bank account that they assumed that it was defunct. Okay. Though they had 700 pounds in their mind. Okay. 700 pounds. 700. Yes. And six pounds and 40 pence in their cash kitty. There you go. Okay. You know far too much about these people already. So they had a little meeting and they decided to bring it back. Okay. We're not going to let it go. We're bringing it back. Right? Because there's one guy who is the treasurer and he's like, I'm still committed. Let's do this. So they had to refile with the official UK Village Watch organization to say, no, no, we still exist. Yeah. They almost didn't make the deadline, Mark. <laughs> it was within days. Yeah. They had to fax it to get it there in time. <laughs> to get it there in time. But they did. Yeah. It's harrowing. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, but then it gets crazier. So then COVID happened. Oh, no. Okay. Now they can't meet in the village hall because nope. they're not allowed to get together anymore. And they became perilously close to being disbanded again. again. Oh, no. Yes. But the community support officer came to their rescue with a supply of smart water. Do you know what smart water is? It's, 
It's water with extra stuff that's supposed to make you more alert. No. What is smart water? That would make sense. Okay. No, smart water is uh, not water. Um, it's a liquid that has a marker in it that can't be washed off. So you paint it on things like sheep and tractors and other valuables, and every batch of it is unique. Oh, okay. So you can because there's a brand name Smart Water in the U.S. Yeah, and okay, it's, it's like vitamin that. vitamin fortified yeah, yeah. drinking water. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This is different kind of smart all the americans water. are like no that's what smart water is <laughs> but the awesome lady who is their uh, community support officer from the actual police actual police got a bunch of smart water and brought it to pollington okay and because she needed the village group the watch so you put it on something that's movable Yes. So that you can identify it later on. Right. So you Not can say like that's mine. No. Okay. No. So like a sheep. A sheep. Right? Yes. So then when they find the sheep, they can swab it and yeah. put it in the system and go, this is Dave's sheep. Okay. Because Dave registered it with this unique smart water that's on it. How long does it stay on them? A long time, apparently. It's oh. hard to wash off. So this revivified the village watch. So much so, they had a meeting just a few days ago on January the 18th. <laughs> All right? But Mark? There's there's some listener in England who's like, my aunt is in this group. <laughs> but Mark, I have bad news. Okay. Only the treasurer showed up. Only the treasurer showed up. So he put out this news release for the Pollington website. Okay. <laughs> pleading with people to express interest. And I now quote to you. Okay. From this release. Okay. This is a direct quote. Okay. Of the release he put out after the meeting on the 18th where nobody showed up. For a small amount of time, the next part's in all caps, you could make a considerable difference, okay. Laura, to our community. How satisfying would that be? <laughs> a lot, I guess. <laughs> They've now This started... is the most passive-aggressive note ever. I in. know, I know. And it mentions that they will now be meeting in the, quote, parish rooms instead of in the village hall because the parish rooms are smaller and thereby they're okay for covid it's a smaller group the parish rooms and i shit you not is a tiny brick building on the side of a road that has a sign on it that says parish rooms <laughs> that contains a kitchenette which is a corner yeah a toilet and enough room for six people to sit down oh we we have to put this all in the show notes every single photo on their photo gallery includes the shadow of the person taking the photo <laughs> every single one camera held to his face because i know it's the treasure he's taken all the photos <laughs> He is it. We're going to get emails from this guy. I often wonder the sites that we mentioned that are really obscure. Yeah. I wonder if they notice They bumps. suddenly get this big tick. Yeah. Well, the Pollington website is 1983 hideous. Like, it's pre-internet ugly. It is so oh, bad. It's wow. like not even current. But it's maintained and built by this hip, cool marketing agency that somebody's nephew must work for. Uh, they don't give a shit about that website because if they did, they'd take care of it. But does man, it mention the information superhighway? No. Okay. No, but it does have all those lovely photos from the photo gallery. Okay, I'll put it all. Wow, in the show it was notes. just <laughs> like a little slice of heaven reading those things. <laughs> I'm so sad that I was interested in that. I'm sure nobody in Pollington cares. I probably spent more time thinking about their watch than anybody who lives there. 
Because I am that pathetic and that easily entertained. Uh, Azim has a cloud is, account for his photos. What is our children going to think about this when they listen to these in 20 years? They, they'll never listen. Come on. They'll never listen. Azim has a cloud account for his photos. Yes. This is the first cloud account. It does. It, it looks like 1992, though. Yeah, it does. Why is it so ugly? Oh, because it, the people who do Midsummer have a tertiary grasp on technology. They're doing their best. Yep. And they do better all the time. They do. Now, I have to take you to the scene. Well, th this is the first reference of Tweet. Oh, I know. Okay. okay. Now, go with me. Take the little time machine backwards in your mind. Okay. And remember the scene where Barnaby has to tell the watch that Mir is the burglar. Right? Yes. They're all there in yep. Ingrid's study with the stuffed heads and the weirdness and the tables and the yep. everything, right? And they know he is. Because they find all the stuff in this. Right. Room. And Ingrid is like, we are not going to lose public confidence because of this. We need to be sure that people understand that we're sorry about this, that it was an oversight, and we're going to make up for it. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to give every bit of our support to the police. We're going to be right behind you. We are at your disposal. Which is the smartest thing for her to say. Absolutely. Politically, very smart. She says this. She pounds her hand on the desk. Yep. We're at your disposal. And behind Mr. Hope, behind Felix, is Weirdy Beardy. Mm -hmm. And grumpy headband watch woman. Yep. Who, when she hears this, just turns around and walks away. I wasn't supposed to be in this scene. <laughs> but Weirdy Beardy is such a good actor. He plays it off. Plays it off. Watches her walk out of the room like, yeah, you go. You go. I don't know why but you go. <laughs> he makes this awesome face. Like, I support you walking out. Hmm. And then looks back at the camera. <laughs> it's, I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm so amused by stupid stuff. But I loved it. Extras looking at the camera is awesome. I hit it's the back button because awesome. when you hit the left arrow, when you're watching YouTube, it goes back five seconds. Yeah. I must have done it five times to watch her turn, spin, turn, and walk away. And him <laughs> looking at her like supportively, but sort of longingly <laughs> over and over and over again. Well, Mitch has a crowbar. He's going to cause some problems. Mm -hmm. Do you know why they're called crowbars? No. Uh, most people think it's because they look like birds, like the crow. Yeah, okay. Um, but of course, uh, early references are in Shakespeare. Oh, of course. Yeah. In Romeo and Juliet, he says, get me an iron crow and bring it straight unto my cell. So it does look like a crow. Yeah. It's a pry bar. Yeah, it's a pry bar. I get it. So then we get this whole red herring stuff with Henry killing Frank. Yeah, and Jensen being... Like, how old do you think Jensen is? I'm sorry. 25. He acts like he's eight. Like, my brother can't go away to Wales. What did he do when Henry Your brother's was in jail? having sex, too. What did he do when he was in prison? Don't know. Just sit outside the prison going, are you out yet? Are you out yet? Are you out yet? Are you out yet? <laughs> well, they're good at stabbing each other in the back when the, when the chips fall. That's yep. for sure. And man, does Winter tackle Henry in the mud. Just tackle him. How does he not get mud on his pants? He gets it on his jacket. But not on his pants. But not on his pants. No. Then we slide on down to the end and we know Barbara did it. Yes. And she's one of those dumb criminals who says, I'm going to make a run for it up these stairs. 
So do you think... To a dead end. Do you think when she goes up the stairs, she's already contemplating suicide? No, I think she's not thinking. She's just away. Okay, before we get there, we do have to deal with the little BDSM scene. I love... When they go to the hotel. Poor Duncan. And why do they kick the door down when they the, they could have just got the key? They could have knocked and she would have opened it and said, what do you want? Yeah, she would have. <laughs> they didn't know what she was doing, though. But they still could have knocked. I mean, come on. Poor Duncan. He could have had a heart attack. He's got restless legs, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> I felt sorry for him. He's like, are you going to tell my wife? And they just look at him. He's like, yeah, I guess I better tell my and Azim was was you know what Duncan you get lucky this time she's not gonna care she's, she's a killer <laughs> you have bigger problems at home yeah than your extracurricular activities yeah yeah you might like like a cat of nine tails meanwhile your wife is denting people's heads with hammers <laughs> she's got bigger problems she's been killing people for years she did it for Maxine's sake though do we buy that uh, no I d- it's like she's, they have this weird friend love relationship. She's that, a little dependent. She's that, like, how can you leave Maxine? What, what, you're my only friend. Yeah. And when it's really like, I killed somebody for you. How could you go away now? You don't know that I did that, but I think her and initial Jensen, motivation is all right, about but, family. And then he's like, oh, well, I gave him up like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Barbara's initial motivation was sort of for Maxine, but I get the impression that Frank was a jerk to the entire village. Yeah. You know, so she probably had some personal motivation too, to just kind of like not, not hit him. But also the conceit here is that she is worried about Maxine Mm -hmm. and she sees him walking along drunk Mm -hmm. along the road. Mm Mm-hmm. And her husband has told her, though he shouldn't have because of confidentiality, but as Maxine's doctor, that he has physically abused Maxine. Yeah. So, you know, there's a impulse that she lets go. Yeah. She makes a momentary decision to do something that she shouldn't. And then in the next 10 years has no other impulses. It's only two. It's only two years. Oh, still. No, she doesn't because she, (sighs) she did what she did because she was trying to save her friend and she doesn't have that need anymore until now. Tell Angus. Angus is like, I found a car in a barn. She's like, you have to die. <laughs> Get into the freezer, Angus, with the other Angus. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. I have I have a question. This mm. is serious. Mm-hmm. She kills this guy. Mm-hmm. She is waiting for the cops to get her. Yeah. Right? Okay. The cops don't come. Mm-hmm. Why does she not leave because she did it for the village and why would she leave the village now the bad guy's gone okay so she finds that they found the car Mm -hmm. why does she not leave i don't think she wants to go but given the choice between i have to kill a bunch of people and i could leave i mean maybe she's just tired of running but she's not tired of killing but she never went anywhere How could she be? But t- she's been living on edge, you know, all that time, thinking that they were going to catch her eventually. They were going to find out that she did it. And she must be living with an incredible amount of guilt. I guess. She's Maxine's friend. I mean, how? I mean, nobody feels bad for Ingrid and her brother being gone, but I don't know. I have a note here that says, we have no real explanation why Ingrid loves her brother so much or why she's so freaking weird. Other than she looked up to him. Yeah. And they're rich, so they're weird. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that's enough. I guess. Right. In Midsummer, that's enough. Yeah. You're rich and weird. I guess. And you have unusual relationships with your family. It's a bit close for them. Let's talk about Winter and Cam now. Just briefly. Okay. Actually, I don't... Well, okay. I have a problem with Winter here because he's a jerk to Cam. Because he's even bringing up the fact that they may have spent a night together in Dorset years ago. Sort like he of, doesn't just let it go. Yeah, he just... He kind of is some toxic masculinity there. I, I kind of got that sense, but I also had the sense that he wanted to just clear the air. Like, can we not keep acting weird around each other and just talk about this and get it over with which i respect i see that sense. but there is a touch of of toxic there too but the people i have the problem with is mrs barnaby oh sarah barnaby is stirring the shit that's all she does she is absolutely stirring it let's stir up the crap yeah let's get them together and see what happens. We don't have to look after a child. It wanders around the backyard. No, Betty's being good. She's playing with blocks. <laughs> She's being good. But yeah, I mean, Sarah is just I'm instigating sorry. stuff. Olive is in a, in a terrible twos face right now. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. That dog is so destructive. Okay. I've got horrible movies. Okay. So let's do Best Corpse. Okay. <laughs> nice corpse. Angus or Nazim? Um, we don't really see much of Nazim, do we? Yeah, you do. They kind of like drag him around the room. Oh, yeah. They yeah. kind of flip him over from yeah. the desk and he's all like floppy and bloody and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, Angus just has to like lay down in a cooler. How many times have we found dudes in coolers? This is at least the second. I think it's, it's the third. Yeah, I think it's the third. In a fridge or walk-in no fridge or There's cooler. no chicken wings in this. No, no, <laughs> no. So I'm going to give it to Nazim. Yeah, let's give it to Nazim. Okay. After the credits. Okay. Oh, Ingrid. She runs her watch. Is the watch going to stay in effect? No. It's going to fall apart. It's got to fall apart. I think the hopes are looking for a reason to quit. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, we should just stop. We should just, I mean, it's not going well. We. This is a good reason. People are going to kill us next, so we yeah. should just stop, right? So they're probably going to retire to the Orkneys or whatever. How about the um, the folks at the pub? Mitch Le and Lena. Lena and Mitch. I hope they talk more. I think they will. He and told her to stay. Yeah, and he that was a breakthrough moment for him. Yeah, and with the watch out of the way, they can have open mic night. Exactly. And that'll save the pub. Yes. Because Felix will come in and sing. Or Adrian. Or somebody. And then... Hopefully, Maxine and Henry go to Wales because they those are the only moments where those two characters are happy. Yeah, and maybe Jensen and Tara can just hang out and whine. <sighs> Tara? Tara who? <laughs> Duncan, is he going to run the pub, the cafe slash doctor's office? By himself? By himself? And you know, Henry needs a job. So Henry could go work at the cafe. Yeah. I think they should go to Wales, but Henry could work at the cafe. Are you ready for horrible movies? Okay. This movie is terrible. Ha, I bet Mark's seen it. Oh, boy. We could have skipped everything before this and just gone to this point because this is the high point of this episode. Okay. I must say, I'm very excited okay. about these. Okay. And so your prediction is that I've never seen these two horrible movies. Oh, no, no, no. I am absolutely going to win this week. I am going to be two for two. No question about it. Okay. All right. The first movie, Clive Swift is in it. He played Felix Hope in this episode. Yes. He's the guy who was in Keeping Up Appearances. 
Uh, this is a 1972 movie. Ooh. I am going to read the tagline to you. Beneath modern London, buried alive in its plague-ridden tunnels, lives a tribe of once humans, neither men nor women. They are less than animals. They are the raw meat of the human race. So this is not Chud. No. But it has the same sort of idea as Chud. Maybe. The cannibalistic human underground dweller. Yes. Chud. Chud. This is pre-Chud. It's 1972. I don't think this is a Hammer movie. So I don't think Christopher Lee or anybody big is in this movie. It stars Donald Pleasance. Oh, okay. Now I've I've gone through Donald Pleasance IMDB page really <laughs> closely because... Unlike most high school boys, I was really into Donald Pleasance in high school. (laughs) And Christopher Lee is in it, but only for a cameo, and they're never on screen together. I feel I've already given you too much. Do you know this movie? I don't, but if you give me the title, I might say I've seen it. But you won't have guessed it, so I still get the point, right? You still get the point. It's called Deathline. No. It may have also been released as raw meat. No, I don't think I've seen this. The British film uh, censors had real issues with this movie. The original cinema version was cut to heavily add out the following. The broom impalement. Oh. A shot of a spade embedded in a man's head. The cannibal who bites off a rat's head and the pursuit and attempted rape of one of the main female characters. Those were cut out. Yes. Of this movie. (laughs) What does Christopher Lee play in this movie? I couldn't tell you. Some expert who shows up and says something smart and then goes away. That is a point for me. Yes. Hoo-ha! What is it called again? Deathline. Because it's referring to the tram line, the underground tube line where these people live. Okay. Raw meat. Okay. What's the second one? I'm even more excited about this one. Oh. So Neil Morrissey stars in this. He plays Mitch from the pub. He is the main character of this movie. Released in 1990. It's not even that old. Nope. The tagline is, The bike that runs on blood, not petrol. The best review of it I found was from The Guardian. And it said, Makes nuns on the run look as if it's walking. (laughs) Are you ready for the description? Yes. When a motorbike gang kills an occultist, the evil spirit he was summoning inhabits a damaged bike. The bike is then bought and restored, but reveals its true nature when it tries to exact vengeance on the gang and anyone else who gets in its way. So this is Christine as a motorbike. Mm. In 1990? Mm. Stephen King could have sued them. It co-stars Anthony Daniels, who played C-3PO. Yeah. He's a priest Yeah, in this movie. The, the title is so awesome. Have you seen this movie? Uh, no, I have not seen this movie. This 1990 movie is called I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is called I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Wow. The bike that runs on blood, not petrol. Like, how does it get the blood? Like, does it like suck it up through the tailpipe or something? I don't know what it does. I bought a vampire motorcycle. So is this like a parody or is it a serious movie? I think it's it's a horror movie that is funny, but I don't know if the humor is intentional or not. I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> now you know I why I was so excited. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, yes! <laughs> there, there, there's a scene, I did an image search, mm-hmm. and there's a scene of the motorcycle backing up, like the motorcycle's up on one wheel and it has a guy 
stuck to the wall. Oh, so it's pinning somebody to the wall kind to of, get in his face? I guess. <laughs> wow. This, wow. I bought a vampire motorcycle. There you go. I just keep on thinking about Joni Mitchell instead of singing, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. I got a vampire motorcycle. motorcycle. <laughs> you got a brand new wheel. <laughs> there Uh, you go how's that for a finale uh, for an episode wow yay i bought a vampire motorcycle that was season 19 episode 2 crime and punishment of midsummer murders you can find midsummer maniacs on twitter instagram email as well as the facebook groups for midsummer and acorn and the subreddit where we anywhere else we can find maniacs including instagram and all that good stuff. don't forget if you listen to us on spotify you can now leave a little rating a little five stars would you be listen, appreciated if you're listening to us on youtube don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell and upvote us and all that good stuff oh we have a treat we have a treat episode yes. 113 season 19 episode three is last man out yeah and who is the last man that we're talking about detective inspector ben jones comes back yep that's a good one yep that's next week jonesy jonesy's back all right until then bye maniacs bye maniacs